Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. What's going on, Coastline? How y'all doing this morning? Everybody feeling good? Did you guys get, you guys get enough coffee this morning yet? Perfect. Hey, I want to let you guys know, um, you guys really need to stop by and uh, give TJ a hard time um, when you see him in the breezeway today. I had to, like, to twist his arm to get up here and just, like, wave. He's not a very on-stage type guy, you know, unless he's got a guitar hanging from him or something. Uh, but go hug his neck, and uh, he really loves hugs. He's a big, big hug. He's not, you don't hug him. He hates hugs. Uh, but go uh, just share some love on him, man. If it wasn't for a guy like that, man, uh, I don't think Coastline uh, would be here. Hey, I want to take a quick second and thank some other people that have been helping out in a huge way. Uh, Chris Williams uh, is one of our uh, elders here at Coastline, and uh, this morning I called him. He's probably trying to get ready wherever I said, hey, man, uh, you know, the guy who was supposed to do our live on our on, uh, online broadcast, who was supposed to produce it, he uh, called in sick at the last minute. Uh, and so Chris came and figured it out and know how to do it. Chris, thank you so much for all that you and Trace you do. That church really is a big deal. Also, I want to say thanks to... Uh, Adam Owens, uh, he's the guy in the soundboard. He's really freaking out that I'm saying his name. Uh, but Adam is uh, probably one of the guys that helps out the most behind the scenes. He does all the sound stuff, makes everything sound good on a Sunday morning, uh, you know, works out, you know, cordage and, and all the stuff that I have no idea about. Uh, but oh, since over the past probably two years that you and uh, Marina have been uh, here at Coastline, man, it's, uh, we've become all the better for it. And so thanks for all the uh, help and support you guys put in. It really is a big deal. How's everybody doing this week? You guys, uh, everybody fun, uh, feeling good about being back to school? Yeah, a couple people, a couple moms. I saw some of you moms posting on Facebook like that Monday. You guys are already, you're loving life, man. Some of you guys were already at like the spa, getting your nails done, right? Getting a massage, right? Mimosas and moms on Mondays. You guys are trying to start a circle group now. I don't know what's up with that. Um, but I know you guys are you're happy to be back at it uh, with uh, kids going back to school. Uh, so am I. Man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's the craziest thing. Uh, this past week I took, uh, I went fishing with a buddy on Thursday, and Erica said, hey, why don't you take the kids to school? Uh, you know, it's a, one of the first weeks of school. You take them and see, see how it goes. And so I took them, and I didn't think anything of it. Man, it's just another day. And, and uh, Olivia, she's been going to school for a while now. She's going to third grade. But my, my youngest, Ben, he's, uh, going, he went into kindergarten this week. And so, like, I pull up, and here he is. He's, like, in his car seat. He's got his backpack ready to go. And I pull up and, and drop him off. He's like, okay, buddy, you want me to, like, walk you? He's like, no, I'm a big boy. I got it. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I was like, go eat some breakfast. You know, eat a muffin or something. He's like, I, Dad, I got it. I'm going. And so him and his little back, I mean, the kid can't weigh but, like, 35 pounds. He hops out, and he's just off on his own. And, like, I got to be honest, like, I got choked up a little bit. Big guy, big dad in the, in the parent drop-off is tearing up because his little kindergartner's going off to kindergarten for the first time. But, uh, man, it's, just, it's, it's a reminder to me that, uh, one, the life that we've been given, this adventurous life that we have, is short. It really is. Uh, these kids grow up so fast. We grow up fast. And uh, it feels like as we, as we get older and older, it goes faster and faster. But it's also a reminder to me that as 
individuals. Uh, not only physically are we called to grow, but spiritually we're supposed to grow as well. And so we've been going through this series. We started last week called Rooted. We're talking about how we continue to feed ourselves spiritually, kind of to challenge ourselves to a point where we would grow past beyond what is comfortable and that we would become deep-rooted followers of Christ. And so I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump right in to this part two of the series called Rooted. You guys okay with me so far? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. God, I thank you for what you've blessed us with and the family that we have around us. God, I thank you for the friends that we continue to, to grow in relationship with. God, I pray that this morning that your Holy Spirit would come upon me and use me to deliver a message to your people. God, I pray that, that what's, what's communicated from your word would resonate in people's hearts throughout this week. God, I pray that you would start to formulate a change in our thought process. And I pray that, I pray that Jesus, that you would come in and, and, and put fire and put fuel to that change. That we might become the world that, that you would want us to be. That we would have a positive impact on the, the world around us. And we thank you so much for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, so a few years ago, uh, a, a, buddy and my, a buddy and myself, or actually a couple buddies uh, that were here at Coastline, um, uh, heard of a need that was happening uh, in this little place, this Panhandle city uh, of Florida called Mexico Beach. And what had happened is uh, uh, the, that at that season, it was hurricane season, this, this huge hurricane had come through and just blown, like, everything down. Like, there's people, like, without homes. There's people without water, without power. It was, like, one of the craziest things to see. And so, so we actually went and we took the church trailer, the coastline trailer, that at that time we were setting up and we were taking everything off-site. We had this huge trailer and this big old truck that we were having to haul around everywhere. Well, we took everything out of it. We filled it full of waters from, like, Walmart, and we drove, uh, it, it must have been something like eight or nine hours to Mexico Beach, Florida. And when I got there, when we got there, we drove through town, and it was the most wildest thing to see that there was not barely any trees standing at all for miles and miles and miles. You'd seen that, that wind had come and pushed many of these trees just right over or had split them even in half. But every now and then, as you were driving through the city, as you were driving through the town, you would see that that there might be one tree that had made it. And that one tree, that the, those, those trees that, that didn't make it, that had it in common, the one thing that they had in common was there were these giant oak trees that had these huge, deep-rooted systems that anchored them in when the hurricane came through. They, they, were, they were sitting, they were, they were tied down firmly in the ground because they had these these deep-rooted systems that had grown over years and years and years. And when the winds came, they weren't easily toppled over. And so I, can't, I couldn't help but think about this this past week during my study time when I was thinking about us specifically and, and even, even the church in general. I feel like over years and years' time that we've turned, the church has a tendency to turn into, rather than, than being a strong oak system with, with deep-rooted, uh, deep, deep-grown roots, we kind of turn into these willow trees that just kind of blow in the wind with whatever that happens. And I think that specifically in myself, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, he's like, Brian, it's, it's time for us to, to grow deep roots when it comes to your relationship with Christ, when it comes to your actual faith. And so 
So the past couple weeks and these next few weeks, we're talking about spiritual food, things that we can do, can we can add to our lives that will help us continue to be rooted in our faith. And so last week we talked specifically about scripture. If you missed it, uh, you can check it out online uh, on YouTube or the Coastline NSB.com website. Uh, with that, I do want to take a quick second and welcome all the people that are watching online. I think last week we had like something like 40 or 50 people that were doing church online. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today specifically, uh, I want to take a step from scripture and talk about uh, the act of serving. Now, serving is, uh, is, is kind of one of these tough things for us to, to wrap our mind around because it's like, okay, well, serving requires time. And time is one of those things that's like, time is almost val- more valuable than money sometimes for us. It's one of those things, I, you know, I remember I have, I've got uh, a buddy he told me years ago, actually he wouldn't mind me telling you his name, you, you guys, some of you know him, his name's Eric Lancaster. Eric is the director of Bridging the Gap, which is uh, a ministry here in town that helps people that are in need. It's a, it's a resource center. And Eric told me, he said, man, I remember going to church over years and years and years, and I never had a problem with the pastor saying, hey, we need money for this, or we need money for this. He's like, I, it's not a problem. I'll, I'll write a check, or I'll do whatever. I'll, I'll help out, and I'll give. He said, the things that was always tough for me to do is when the pastor came up and asked for me to do something. He's like, because even when that would happen, he would be like, man, can I, just, can I just write a check for it? Is there any way I can just give you some money? Like, I don't, I don't want to go do anything. Don't make me get out of my comfort zone. It got to a point where he said the Holy Spirit pushed him so hard on this one matter, this thing that, that he valued when it came to his time, when it came to stepping out of his comfort zone, when it came to serving other people, that it ultimately he changed the direction of his entire life. He quit his corporate job that he had that was making uh, really, really good money. He sold everything he had. He started bridging the gap. He didn't take a paycheck for like two or three years. And even the paycheck he gets now is like very, very small. But he got to a point, he said, you know what, when it comes to who I'm going to be and, and how I'm going to treat the world that Jesus put me in, I'm going to follow his path. I'm going to continue to serve those that he has put me into. And because he's done that, his, his faith has continued to grow. His relationship with Christ has continued to grow. And I would consider him one of the very most, one, one of the deep-rooted guys in my life that, that when it comes to his faith and following Christ, he stands strong in. Jesus talked about, uh, talked about the, the, the step of, of serving the community a ton in his ministry, but he also, he also showed it. And so when he came into this world, when he started his ministry, he wanted to change things up. He wanted to adjust the way people thought about specific things. They had kind of gotten off on the wrong path or they got too religious with things. And so he says this in the book, or in the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 25. So Jesus, but Jesus had called them all together. He said this. He says, you know the rulers in the world lord it over their people. And the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, he's talking about himself here. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here Jesus comes. He says he's telling his disciples, he's telling those around him, he said, even when it comes to me, 
the one who, who has never sinned, the one that's perfect, the one that's the, the son of the most high God. I've not come here to, to, to be an authority or to, to rule with my thumb over top of you. He says, I've come to serve. I can't help but think that if, if Jesus, the one that we follow, said, it's not about me, it's about serving those around you, I, I think that we should be taking that step as well. That we should be stepping out in, in faith, we should step out of our comfort zone and serve those that are in need, serve those that are close to us. You continue on in Matthew 23, verse 11, it says, or he said, the greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, I think it's crazy how there are so many times Jesus, he's talking to these religious people. He's talking to the people that, that think they've got it figured out. He adjusts their way, thinking he turns it on end. He said it's, it's better to serve than to be served. I think, I think when it comes to serving, it's also, there's this eternal spiritual reward. I think when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, part of the reason that we're supposed to, to serve one another, part of the reason that we're supposed, that we serve in the church is, is not for the church's sake, but it's because we serve Jesus and Jesus had first served us. This morning I showed up at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning here at New Smyrna Beach High School, rolled up with TJ, we unlocked the gates, and we rolled into this place, and like nothing was set up. You turn the lights on, these fluorescent lights that are like god-awful, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what are you going to run into? Because there's been high schoolers in here chewing gum and sticking under the seats. All. Don't, don't feel underneath your seats at all, Okay. The cafeteria, you're like nervous to go into because you're like, dude, what do high schoolers and chocolate milk, what can they get into now? But I roll in here and, and over the next 30 minutes, you know, about, you know, 15 other people show up. The, the coastline crew. And they start pulling out boxes and they start setting up lights and they set out even this, this carpet that we stand on. And they start programming lights and they get it all together. And as I'm watching this, this team put it all together, I realize... They're not doing it because, like, they know Erica is going to be sitting in the front row or they know that, you know, Kayla is going to be coming up in here. Sing. They, they don't do it because, because they just love our church. They, know, they do it because they love Jesus. And they know that this is a way that they can continue to serve him. This is a way that they can continue to use what, what they value to, to glorify him and to help those that are in need. They know that this is an, an easy external way for they can step in and, and put their faith into action. I'm super, super thankful for our crew because they, they allow us to do what we're doing. But it also charges me in, in my faith to see people say, you know what? The way I love on Jesus, the way I, the, the way I take this true step of worship is to, to love on those around me. To put in some, some sweat equity into what he's called us all to do. Jesus talks about the, the, the eternal reward that comes with this when it, when it comes to, to serving. In Matthew 25, verse 31, 
By the way, I want to take a quick second. You know, last week we talked about scripture, and I, I, I talked about one of the greatest tools that I use is, is this uh, app on my phone. It's called the, the Holy Bible, and there's so many different versions of the Bible that you can read it from. Um, I use the New Living Translation. But I want to also let you guys know that if you're here today or you're watching online, uh, you can actually pull open the Bible app even right now. And if you go to the three bars on the side and hit events, you can see where it says Coastline Church. You tap on it, and it'll show you all the scriptures that I'm reading right now. If you got if you got questions about it later in the week, you can go back to it then as well. There's also a place you can you can even type in notes as we're as I'm as I'm talking along. Uh, so it's a fantastic tool. Uh, if you haven't downloaded it, go ahead and download it. But uh, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, Jesus talks about this this eternal uh, effect that comes or when it comes to serving. He says, "But when the Son of Man comes in His glory." And all the angels with him. Then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. He will separate the people as uh, a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was, a, I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospi- hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you're doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for you by the devil, or for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your homes. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. I think think when it comes to us and and our faith, the part that that really sticks out is, is not what we identify as. It's not what we say is, is we're branded as. It's not, it's not the knowledge that we have in our mind. It's, it's the actions that we take. I think our actions speak a whole lot more words than what actually comes out of our mouth. One of the things that Jesus has called us to do is to, to serve one another. When being asked about what the importance, most important law is, Jesus himself says, he refers back to the, the Old Testament text. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he said the second is as equal to the first. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. How you treat the people around you matters incredibly. And I want to challenge you that as, as you continue to grow in your faith, as, as your roots continue to go down and, 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 and seek fertile soil, to, to spiritually feed yourself by continuing to serve those around you. 
the word that's used to talk about uh, serving for most of these uh, most of these texts um, is it's a Greek word pronounced diokone. And that Greek word, it, it doesn't, when it's talking about serving, it's not saying like you'll serve one another by like, I'll make sure to, to pray for you. It, it's, not about, it's not about ministering. It's not about, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure. And you, you guys, anybody have good friends in your family or your life where you're like, they're like, man, I'm going to send you some good vibes. I don't know how to give a vibe, but if I did, I'd, sure, I'd send some good vibes. I'll vibe out, man. Let's do it. It's not about it's not, not about sending good vibes. It's not about praying. By the way, if that's like I'm not kidding on you or anything like that. If you're into sending out good vibes, send them out. Do it, do it. But it's not this. This word is not communicating like to keep in mind or to pray for or encourage. This Greek word diokone, it, it, it's talking about like to put in effort, to sweat. To, to bring food to, to put in hard labor and work, to like be a tool that is, is used to, to actually, the, the, the basic form of serve. It's not talking about relig in a religious way at all. It's talking about putting in some elbow grease and helping out those around you. I can't, I can't help but think that even as Jesus taught that it's important for us to serve one another, he also showed very specifically how. He, 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 by his example, he showed the importance of serving. For you today, if, if, if we came in here and let's say, let's say your doctor comes in and says, hey, I want to tell you uh, today, this morning, Megan, you've got, you've got 24 hours to live. Chip Clark, you got, you got 24 hours to live. That, and that's it. Like, for, for you specifically, like, how, how would you treat it? How, how would you spend that next 24 hours? Many of us, we'd spend maybe some time with our family, right, loving our family. Chip Clark, you'd be out and, you know, near Shark Shallows trying to catch some waves, right? Spend time with your family, too. Maybe some of us would be out fishing, some of us would be contemplating life. Some of us would be like, dude, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go out in the blaze of glory or something, you know, let's go skydiving or something. We see in the New Testament that as Jesus is preparing for the end of life, as he's preparing to be persecuted by religious people, as he's preparing to be tortured by these Roman centurions, these Roman ar army guys. The thing he chooses to do in his, in his final day is, is a little bit different than maybe what, what we would do. In John chapter 13, verse 1, this is right before the Last Supper, the Passover feast. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during the ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him 
authority over everything that had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around them. Now today we don't, we don't spend time washing anybody's feet. But so you understand the context, in those days it was, it was customary, especially if you were visiting the house of someone that had the, 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 the success and the, the, the ability to do so, that when you, you walked into the house, they would ask you, would you like to have your feet washed before you come and, and enter in and hang out? Because in those days you were in sandals and, and you're walking through the streets and there's you know, cow manure and camel manure and everything else. And if you said yes, they would have a servant come out. This was probably the servant that was the, on, on the lowest of the totem pole that had zero authority. He would come out and he would, he would wash their feet. Now, the master wouldn't do it. The, the, the person that is, is in charge of the house wouldn't do it. Even, even the servants that there had been there for a long time, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that because this was a dirty job. This was a gross job. Because you didn't want to touch the things... First off, like you don't want to touch people's feet. Like even now, we like that's just weird to me. I don't like I'll touch my wife's feet, but like you roll, I like you might be one of my best friends. Like I ain't touching your feet. That's it. You know, I'll give you CPR before I touch your feet. And even before that, like I know the number for nine one one. I'll just call nine one one. It was a gross job. But Jesus, in the last twenty four hours of his life, he gets down on his hands and knees. And he washes the disciples' feet. It says in chapter 13, verse 12, it's after washing their feet, he put on his robe again. And he sat down and asked, he said, do you understand what I was doing? He says, you call me teacher and Lord. He had already said before, he had been given all authority in heaven and earth. He says, you call me teacher and you call me Lord. And you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you. Jesus, in the last 24 hours of his life, shows us the importance to serve one another. It's not an easy thing to do in the culture that we live in right now because we're very, like, self-focused. Like, we, we know how many hours there are in the day that we've got to try to get through. We know the, the, the list of things that we've got to, we got to push through, we've got to make happen. Some of us are even behind the eight ball on some stuff. We're trying to, we're trying to get, just keep it all together. And the idea of helping someone out, the idea of taking a step and serving is just, just so outlandish it's going to throw us right over the edge. Jesus, he tries to communicate that in the time in which he would be so mentally drained, the time that he would be worried about anything else in his life, the time in which so much he knows is going to be coming at him, the most important thing that he can do at the time is to take a step back, get down on his knees, and serve those that are around him. 
Church, it's an, it's an incredible example for us to follow. Today, this, this morning is not about me trying to, like, manipulate you into to joining the crew or anything like that. It's not, I mean, if you're not serving anywhere, I want to challenge you. If you've been a part of Coastline for a while and you, like, you're not on the crew, like, I want to challenge you to take that step. Not because it'll make Coastline better, but because it will continue to allow your faith to grow roots and you become stronger because it will continually feed you spiritually to serve those that are around you. I don't think it stops at coastline, though. I think there's people that, that you live next to, people even that you live with, maybe your spouse, maybe it's your extended family. That even at this moment, I think maybe the Holy Spirit is showing you a way that you can take a step and serve those around you. I'm going to tell you that, that that, doing that, does a whole lot more for the kingdom that's standing out on the street corner with a sign. That does more for the body of Christ than yelling at people for what they're doing wrong. As a man comes up, I, I want to show you guys one thing before we leave. Anybody here like cruise ships? Anybody been on a cruise? Like four people. Anybody want to go on a cruise? We're giving away a free cruise after church. Anybody want to go on a cruise? Okay, I totally lied, and I'll pray about that. Apologize, Jesus. But I love cruises, man. I don't, you know, I feel like, first off, I feel like every person that, like, goes on a cruise lately comes back and says, oh, man, you know, I got sick. I'm like, it's a big surprise, man. There's COVID going around everywhere. You're in this, like, metal ship with, like, a bunch of other people. It's going to happen. So I'm glad you're okay, but... Don't come back and think like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I got, I got COVID. I was like, okay. But I love cruises. I've been on a cruise since Eric and I went on a, a honeymoon cruise to, like, we went to like Belize or something like that, Key West. It was, it was a ton of fun. Like, you don't have to think about like paying for anything. Any, like everything's, everything's free. You eat. You go to like shows and stuff like that. It's a great time. But as you think about what it takes to put on a crew. Like what, I think we even got a picture of a cruise ship, do we? Oh yeah, anybody wanna go out on that? I love boating, I love going on boats, that'd be a fun boat to go out on, right? But you think about what it takes to make this happen. Like it takes a captain, takes, takes some crew members, takes some people serving, some waiters and waitresses, some support staff. Like when it, when it comes to like, the people that are on this cruise ship, there's probably, probably 10% of them are there and working and are part of what's happening and making, making the adventure happen. And the other 90% of people are, are there. They're having a good time. That's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it paints a whole lot different picture, that, that ship, compared to this type of ship. Anybody know what this ship is? This is a Navy carrier. There, I, I, uh, one of our crew members, I was tr- going to ask him this morning, but unfortunately he wasn't feeling too good. He called in sick. But he was on a Navy carrier, and there's like hundreds, if not a thousand people that live on this thing. And when they're out for months on end, 
of all the people that are on this Navy carrier, do you know how many people it takes to make a run? All of them. Every single one of them has a job. Every single one of them has a part to play. Some of them might be, maybe it, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of skill. Maybe it's about putting in some sweat. Some of them, some of the, it took years and years and years of schooling to figure out that part. But for it to get to where it needs to go, for it to live out the mission that it's on, everyone does something. I believe, and this isn't just coastline, I think the, I think the church in general, the church, the body of believers, I think we've gotten to a point where we operate a lot more like a cruise ship than we do a battleship. And I think that if the church is going to continue to grow, if we're going to become rooted in our faith, if we're, going to, if we're not going to be blown around by the storms of life and what happens in the culture that we live in, I think it's time for us all to understand that we're, we're called to live in the example of Jesus. He taught us to serve one another. He showed by example the importance even when we're stressed out, even when we're frustrated, even when we're scared of how we should love one another. I think it's something that we should do as well. Apostle Paul talks in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. I'm not going to read it. You can read it later if you want to. But he talks about the importance that the church body is made up of many different parts, many different pieces that all come together and fit intertwined with one another to work as one system. I think for Jesus to have the impact that he wants to have on the world that we live in, We've got to accept the challenge to step out of what's comfortable and to serve those that are around us, to love on those that are hard to love, to show up when it's hard to show up, to not say, I'm just going to pray for you, not to say, I'm going to send you good vibes, but to step out and say, I'm, I'm here to help. And I don't think it's just great for the person that you're helping or great for the, the community that you're a part of, I think it's good for you too. So that's what our challenge is this morning. I want to challenge you to continue to grow your roots, continue to take steps in your faith by stepping out of what is comfortable, stepping into serving one another. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and one look around, if this is, whether this is your first time here or maybe you're going on five years with us, I want to tell you with whatever you're going through, I believe that there's a God in heaven that loves you and wants the best for you and wants to help you with what you're going through. And so if you're here today, you say, Brian, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. I, I don't know what the next step to take is. I want to tell you that the best advice that I have as a man, as a father, as a son, as a husband, as, as a pastor here at Coastline is to surrender it to Jesus and say, Jesus, you step in and you show me what to do. For some of you, that might mean you, you've never, maybe you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you got invited in today because someone has bribed you with lunch afterwards. I'm going to tell you, I don't think you're here by accident. I'm going to tell you, I've, I've been in your seat before. 
I know what you're dealing with. Best decision I ever made in my entire life was to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he has loved on me every day since. He has helped me along the way. He has challenged me to become better and better of a man. He has helped me when no one else would. He pushed me through to where I am today. It's all because of him. I want to challenge you and let you know that he's got a plan for you. So if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want to start one, if you're here today and you're overwhelmed and you're stressed out, you know what the next step is, I want you guys to, to pray this prayer with me. Jesus Christ, I thank you for what you've done. You know what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm struggling with. I pray that you would come in and have your way. I pray that you would adjust my life. You would turn things around. And you would focus my heart on you. Help me to see ways that I can love on people around me. Help me to see ways that I can serve those you put on my path. I thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Coastline, before we get into this last song of worship, I do want to tell you this. Part of my job is to help you take your next step. If you're interested in taking a step in serving, maybe it's not even here at Coastline. Maybe you want to take a step in the community. I want you to come find me at the end of service. I'll be out in the breezeway. I'd love to be able to help you out. If you're watching online, I want to tell you, you can email me at any point, brian at coastlinensb.com. I'll be here. I'm here to help you. I want to help you take your next step. If you're a part of the Coastline family, you've been here for a long time, and maybe you haven't taken this next step in serving, and you want to, you can do so really easily by texting the word CREW to 386-200-9818. You'll talk with a real person, and we'll help get you connected. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.